Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our past may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there, welcome back to another solo episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. As always, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you with me today discussing such a powerful topic. And so if you enjoy this conversation, the absolute best way that you can always support is by sharing it on social media and with the people that you love. Maybe that's a classmate, roommate, colleague, friend, family member, or someone in your community. It would mean the world to me that you're part of this movement, spreading this message globally. So thank you so much in advance. I was recently interviewed by my amazing friend, Daniel Canty, founder of Boss Babe. And we shared the most incredible conversation about how our self-image and our perception of our bodies can impact the jobs we choose and the success that we experience in our careers. The feedback from this interview so far has been amazing and so many women are reaching out for more. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to dive deeper on this topic. My dream is that all women all over the world begin to understand and create this level of awareness to discover the life that they deeply desire, which is most often on the other side of their limiting beliefs. Not all the time, but quite often our beliefs are what's holding us back from stepping in to a life and career that we deeply love. So if your current relationship with your body is holding you back from stepping in to a life or career that you love, if you have a story that you could be more successful if you looked different, or if you're using your career as an excuse to not take care of your health, your well-being, and that includes your mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health, then you're going to want to stick around until the end because I'll be sharing practical ways to shift your thoughts and your feelings in relationship to these topics. All so that you can step in to a body that you love while maintaining your health while you create the career that you love. And so I'm going to share some of the career changes that I've made on my journey, as well as some of the ways that many of us hold ourselves back from creating the abundance that we desire. Plus, I'll be sharing five simple steps to break down any belief that is holding you back right in this moment. So grab your tea, a pen, and some paper, and let's get started. There were so many valuable lessons that I learned about health, self-love, and finding my true purpose after I left the modeling industry and started paving my own path as an entrepreneur and holistic health coach. And so as we start off this podcast, I want to clarify the word purpose. Remember that your purpose is truly whatever you choose to do while you're here on this planet. It's the one thing that you can't imagine not doing in this lifetime. And so I've realized that as humans, regardless of your spiritual or religious beliefs, we all seek within us on a deep core level, this sense of purpose. 
And for many of us, purpose and career are tied together, which makes sense because we spend the majority of our time at our jobs. And as a health coach, it doesn't surprise me that careers come up 100% of the time when I work with my clients and discuss their relationship with food and their bodies. Because it's impossible to talk about health and well-being without talking about what you're doing for 80% of your day and 80% of your week. So inevitably, whether we know it or not, how we spend our days and the ways we relate to our careers, including our habits, consistently impacts our health and our well-being. I've also found the reverse to be true. Our self-image, our body confidence, our self-esteem all influence why we choose our careers and how we choose to spend our time. And so because health is so interwoven in my career, I can identify the connection between the two, especially because I feel like it's part of my job to model a healthy lifestyle for my clients. But this deep interconnectedness between my body image, my health, and my career hasn't always been at the forefront due to my time for many years working in the modeling industry. So for those of you who aren't familiar with my story, the transition out of my career as a model started in a hospital room. Almost a decade ago, I stood in front of a mirror, no longer being able to recognize myself. And as much as I tried to convince myself that I was okay, I knew deep down that it was a lie. And so I was so malnourished that when looking in the mirror, I had this flashback of when it all started. When I was 15 years old, I remember a modeling agent writing, you're going to be a star on a napkin and sliding it across the table to me. And in retrospect, it makes sense to me that being from a small town of Michigan, the promise of becoming a star and having the possibility of this glamorous life not only felt like a way out, but as someone who was full of insecurities about my body, it felt incredibly validating to me at such a young age. As a teenager, I had been bullied throughout most of my adolescence, so to suddenly have this quote-unquote important person telling me I was going to be famous was a huge contrast. Years later, when I started to dive into the internal work, when I started to meditate, I reflected on this moment, and it dawned on me that just like anything else, we often accept careers, job positions, or even pay wages based on our wounding patterns, based on how we feel about ourselves, based on our childhood and how we grew up. And so I see women all the time who sadly settle for careers because they're filling a role that they were born into or a role they've been told their whole life is for them or because they have wounding patterns around their dreams and their desires and their inspirations and what they want to accomplish. And so for example, most of the common things I hear is everyone in my family is a doctor, or my mom wanted me to be a nurse, or my father won't take me seriously if I don't go into finance. And so again, I want you to just become aware as I talk about these different mindset shifts, these belief systems that we take on and recognize if any of them are true for you. And so I also see women who settle for jobs that aren't actually what they want, but they're afraid they're not capable of pursuing what they truly want to do for whatever reason, for whatever story that they're holding onto from growing up, from their childhood, from parent conditioning, societal conditioning, cultural conditioning. And this is the thing. 
So we'll create what my coach Shandresh calls golden cages. The golden cage has the appeal of being what you want, except that it doesn't lead you to more inner freedom or authentic happiness. Instead, a golden cage actually creates more of this inner tension and keeps you imprisoned to certain limiting beliefs. And so again, I want to emphasize this by choosing something that isn't in alignment. We keep ourselves imprisoned to the limiting beliefs that have been projected upon us. So for example, we might choose a job where we make more money or because it provides a certain lifestyle, but it doesn't necessarily bring us joy, happiness, or contribute to our sense of well-being, our emotional or mental health. And so for me, modeling was my golden cage. And as far as the world could tell, my life looked perfect. I was traveling. I was surrounded by fun people. I had a career that most people wanted. But behind these perfect photos, I was deeply unhappy and suffering from years of eating disorders. I had agents barking at me all the time to lose weight. And later, I even convinced myself that I needed breast implants in order to extend my career. And so there are definitely people in the modeling career that did not have this relationship to this career. And I'm only speaking from my point of reference because of my own wounding patterns to choose this career. And so I realize now that I would have never been attracted to working in fashion. It's not something that actually fuels me or excites me or inspires me like it does other people. And I would have never said yes to signing that contract if I had a deeper sense of self-love and self-worth and self-esteem at the time, or if I wasn't trying to fill a void. And so not only had the insecurities about my body started because of bullying in my younger years, but it also stemmed from this strained relationship that I had with my mother most of my life. And so in the beginning, this career was my attempt to fill multiple voids. I spent years and years going from agent to agent, casting to casting, director to director, trying to fill this void by getting this validation. And when I didn't get it, I went deeper and deeper down the hole of feeling the lack of self-worth and self-esteem that I was seeking from being in fashion. And so whether we know it or not, many times our career offers us a source of validation. We feel needed. And this is something I see often with people who are addicted to working. And so I know this story well. I have been in this place of self-realization and reflecting what it means to be great. We think that we're doing great right at work, that we're more worthy when we achieve accolades or material success, only to eventually come face to face with the reality that through this, we're sacrificing often something so much greater. And again, this does not mean not to go after those accolades and attempt for material success and abundance. Those are all great things. But They're often at the expense of something much greater. And that expense is often the impact, the purpose, the mission of why we're here on this planet and we're sacrificing our health. And at the end of the day, our health is the only thing that's truly ours. It's something that we have within us. And this is not just the physical, but the mental and emotional and the spiritual, which all go hand in hand. 
And when you look at health from a holistic experience, we talk about all parts of ourselves. And so you could be physically well. You could be running marathons with your colleagues at work. You could test really great from a physical perspective on all your functional and integrative tests, but you could be emotionally drained and mentally really, really unhappy. And so I've witnessed many individuals in the entrepreneurial space spending years building massive businesses only to have them completely crash in a very short amount of time because something was out of alignment with who they were or because of their emotional or mental burnout. And so sometimes our career is something that we truly don't want to do, or it could be something that we're brilliant at, but our heart and the inspiration and the creativity is missing. Or our career, again, could be the answer to filling that void based on our wounding pattern. And it costs us time. It costs us time with our family. It costs us time with ourselves. It costs us time taking care of our body. And that's the point I want to make is that it doesn't matter how you phrase it. If your golden cage is a high-paying corporate job or maybe a six-figure or seven-figure salary as an entrepreneur, or if your job provides you that stability and amazing benefits, but if you're sacrificing your well-being, your health for this long-term gain, and you're sacrificing your long-term well-being, meaning prevention, preventing chronic sickness down the road, you most likely are out of alignment with your purpose. It's really that simple. And so even if you don't have these accolades or you don't have this high-profile job, again, if you're sacrificing your long-term health, you are out of alignment with your purpose. And I've learned that when you are out of alignment with your purpose, in your heart you deeply know that to be true, but often the checkboxes, are standing in the way from connecting deeper to what you deeply, deeply desire. And so I've learned that when you are in alignment with your purpose, when you are living out how you want to be, who you want to be, what impact you want to make, you don't have to sacrifice your health. And so let me emphasize that being out of alignment doesn't necessarily mean that you're in the wrong career. And so maybe you love your job, but you're stuck in an endless cycle of work, eat, sleep, and nothing else. And I get that that is hard to get out of. And this podcast isn't intended to create shame or guilt or fear or questioning around quitting your job. It's about creating the awareness that there might be something off, that maybe you haven't set up the right boundaries, or maybe you haven't had the right conversations, or maybe you haven't said no. And so however this shows up for you, it's important to check in with your relationship to work and further your relationship to your health because that is the dominating relationship that will keep you working, that will keep you alive, that will keep you inspired, will keep you creative, will keep you in the intention of what you want for your life. And so before I share some steps with you to reverse engineer whatever particular situation you're in, I want to share a few more points on the impact that body confidence can have on your career. And so we're going in a little bit of a different direction, but as you listen, we'll circle back. So these are some things to be aware of so you can reflect on whether or not they apply to you. And again, this podcast is not, 
I want to emphasize is not about shaming or making you feel bad for where you are. But until we recognize where we are, until we actually confront and stop avoiding our truth, do we get this opportunity to look at and reflect and be in witness to what needs to change? And so again, I ask you to just be in witness. And if triggers come up, breathe through them, witness the truth behind the trigger, or witness the lack of truth. There might be a story that can be let go of that no longer serves you. And so first and foremost, negative body image, how we relate to our body, often hinders our self-confidence, which in turn can impact our work performance. And so take a moment to think about this. Negative body image hinders self-confidence, self-worth, self-esteem, how we feel about ourselves, which in turn can impact work performance. And this is whether you're working for someone else or you're an entrepreneur working for yourself. And so I've worked with some of the most brilliant women on the planet who after having a baby or experiencing other major changes to their body, suddenly started to doubt themselves. They doubted their performance. They doubted how they showed up in their career. They doubted how other people saw them, which impacted their confidence, even though nothing else had changed about their work ethic. The only thing that had changed was their perception of themselves. And so I've had women who are afraid further to take positions or ask for a promotion because they felt that at their weight, they wouldn't be taken seriously. Or women who didn't want to go for their dream jobs until they lost a certain amount of weight. Often these beliefs are unconscious. And again, I want to emphasize, these beliefs are not your fault. We have had years and generations of beliefs projected upon us. And so a low sense of self-confidence can absolutely make you feel like you don't have anything important to contribute or even are incapable of reaching your goals. And so I want you to rethink the story that you have around your self-image, which may not even be about your weight. Perhaps when you were growing up, kids made fun of the way your legs looked, or maybe you had siblings or cousins that picked on certain facial features. Maybe you got picked on on the playground or by other girls. And without knowing it, the story continues to impact your self-esteem and your confidence, and it dictates how you're showing up in the world every single day. And again, awareness is truly the first step. And so ask yourself, does any of this resonate as true for me? Do I have a story that interferes with my confidence? If so, what is that story? How is it impacting other areas of my life? And so recognize it, be with it, ask yourself, are you willing to let it go? And although on this podcast, in this moment, the story might be so ingrained that you are not ready to let it go, it might be keeping you comfortable. Be with it, be in the awareness of it, and trust that in the awareness, you can now be more attuned when it shows up, and within you, you have the power to move through it and let it go. And so the second way I see negative self-image show up is that body confidence does and can impact an individual's career if it blocks their ability to be seen. And so I've witnessed a lot of women who hold themselves back from being visible. I think this is something a lot of women do. And that manifests in many ways. 
whether it's in the online space, whether it's being comfortable with marketing themselves, putting their work out in the world, or even showing up for an interview or job opportunity. I actually watched this really interesting TED Talk recently that said 12% of women will not show up for an interview because of low body confidence, 12%. And so this is another story that I know well. I used to sabotage so many experiences because I didn't want to be seen. And being judged for the way that we look is a strong, strong fear and an explanation. Again, it is not your fault, but why so many of us sabotage opportunities that come up. And so if this feels true for you, take a moment and notice what's showing up for you. How does it feel in your body? Become aware of it. And through that awareness, you can move forward by taking the actionable steps to work through these limiting beliefs and let them go. The third and most common way this shows up is by using food as a coping mechanism for work-related stress or as a means for coping with being out of alignment with your purpose. So many times we shame our cravings, but our cravings are actually helpful. They point to some sort of emotional, mental, physical, or spiritual need. And we often try to meet these needs with food, but most of the time these needs aren't physical. And so again, often we use food or the lack of food or excessive workouts or the lack of workouts or the lack of taking care of ourselves or neglecting our health as a coping mechanism for work-related stress. And so again, think about where this is showing up for you if it is. There is this concept of primary foods that I learned at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition which essentially means everything in our lives has the potential to nourish us. Our relationships, our hobbies, our careers, our religious and spiritual practices, our community. And so I think often we hold a story that work has to suck, it has to be hard, that you could never get ahead if you don't put in insane amounts of hours, if you don't give up your vacations. The story that we carry forward, not recognizing that our career is actually supposed to nourish us. And so what I've found is that through speaking with so many women, our cravings are actually pointing us to an underlying feeling. And so often that feeling is boredom or the lack of inspiration, creativity, joy, happiness, love, freedom, abundance, play. And so either there is a lack of creativity, the position that you're in and is not conducive for your growth or you aren't fulfilled by your work because it doesn't align with who you are and what you want to be doing. And again, I get that there will be people on this call where they love their jobs and they feel so fulfilled and inspired to go to work every day. And so again, I ask you to just consider if any of these parts ring true. And if they do, to start becoming aware of the beliefs that you hold, the stories that you've been told, projections that have been placed on you, and start to recognize what could shift so that you could have an upgrade, what could shift so that you could be healthier, what could shift so you have greater peace of mind. I recently interviewed my friend Max Lugavere on the podcast a few months back, and he's always sharing about where are we getting our dopamine hits, and it's something to start paying attention to. And so many of our cravings are actually a cry for, like I said before, the creativity, purpose, meaning, inspiration. 
And so we'll reach for the quick fix to give us a hit of dopamine to substitute for those feelings or the feelings we believe that we can't have access to. And so if you feel like something in your life is missing or you feel like you're lacking creativity, purpose, or meaningful service, it is so easy to cope with unhealthy behaviors. It is easy to create stories such as, well, I deserve a night of drinking. I deserve that fast food. I deserve to go out and binge. I deserve to not treat my body well because I sacrificed. I was miserable. I had a horrible day. And so I want to, again, create this mindset shift that if you had a miserable, horrible, uninspiring day, wouldn't that mean that it would be more powerful, more inspirational, more impactful to actually take care of your body, to take care of your emotional and mental health versus staying in the same vibration in which you were at work. And so I've had clients confess to all of these different scenarios, such as buying elaborate desserts and binging during their lunchtime to treat themselves for having a hard day or to treat themselves for having to do work that no longer lights them up. And I've witnessed how people develop shopping habits, buying cars, designer clothes as a way, again, to get that dopamine hit because they want to feel that hit because they're not fulfilled. They're not in alignment with their purpose. From an emotional and mental perspective, there is nothing wrong with buying cars and designer clothes, but when we're using it to avoid taking care of our health or well-being, to avoid the underlying root cause of the pain, I will always ask them to reconsider what it would mean to invest that energy, that money into other practices, meditation, mindfulness, a fitness routine, investing in healthier food, coming back to themselves. And so in other words, so often we as a culture try to use our financial success to mask a deeper issue or our jobs to mask a deeper issue. That could even be using your job to mask a relationship you need to get out of that impacts your emotional and mental health, which then again impacts your sustainable long-term well-being. There's no shame in any of this. I've been a character in many of these stories, but I just want to point out that so many times we overlook the deeper issues because we live in a world where we have sold happiness through advertisements that depict happiness lives outside of ourselves. And when we're happy and we find it within ourselves, we take care of ourselves. We want to be healthy and we want to be alive. But so often we work and work and work thinking that if we had more, we would be happier, forgetting that your health, your well-being, your peace, your joy should always be the priority. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth 
and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. For me, I remember reading a quote many, many years ago by Daniel Laporte that has stayed with me forever. And it said, are you choosing to pay your rent in hell? And I realized that at that moment, I could never go back to doing anything that I either didn't love or a career that required me to sacrifice my health. And so that did not mean that I neglected financial responsibility. That did not mean that I up and quit my jobs. It did not mean that I attracted unlimited resources or abundance in that moment, but it meant that I made a choice that moving forward, step-by-step, I would shift internally and shift my vibration to believe that I could have a career that I loved and my health. And so I'm guessing if you're listening at some point on this call, you might be thinking, well, what about my finances? And so as I shared, I totally get it. I am not negating the fact that making money is necessary, but I think it's important to consider and reframe the limiting beliefs that we all take on about money, health, and purpose. And so, so often I hear that it's either health or my career, financial freedom or health, my purpose or health, impact or health. While I can have this amazing career and feel comfortable financially, but I'm going to be burned out. And that's the truth. Or I can be super hyper-focused on my health and my self-care, but then my finances are going to suffer. And I just want to encourage you that it doesn't have to be that way. I deeply understand that paying bills is reality. And the majority of us can't just get up and change our careers overnight. I want to shift you out of the belief that you can't have your health until you're retired, until you sell your business, until you obtain a nest egg. And so most often I hear that people, once they achieve this, they can then invest in their health. But something I tell my clients every day is that your health and your well-being are the one thing you have control over. They're the one thing that you can invest in. And yes, genetics come into play, absolutely. But we see more and more and more again from research and science, that is our lifestyle habits that impact the expression of our genetics. And so investing in your health isn't always about money. Investing in your health is about where you invest your time and your energy. And so you don't have to be on the top of your career to invest time into taking care of your body. And so most of my clients are students, parents, business owners, with lots of financial responsibility, meaning they stick to a budget. And spending a lot on the latest and greatest trends is simply not realistic. And so I want to reframe this and help you rethink that there are so many ways to nourish yourself that are inexpensive and even free. Breathwork, meditation, journaling, spending time in nature, building healthy relationships, getting involved in your community, going online and getting free resources. There are dozens and dozens of ways to be healthy that don't involve financial spend. And so take a pause and start to notice 
where your story about money and time might be blocking you from doing what you can do right now to be healthy and feel good in your body. Because the truth is, you can start choosing health exactly where you are. You can ensure your healthy future starts today by trying these simple things that don't require anything except you and your body. And so I've witnessed often when we are willing to look past the mental blocks, the solutions start showing up. So look for ways that you can get smart with your time, energy, and resources to create a healthier you. Also begin to notice what other areas of your life you blame for your current state of health. Often it's not just our career. It could be our relationships. It could be our community. It could be where we live. And further, I am not discrediting the limitations that have been placed on us. We absolutely live in an unfair society. We absolutely live in unfair conditions. And health is definitely 100% impacted by who and what we have access to. But I want to inspire you to start now wherever you are. If you feel stuck, here are a few other ways you can shift your mindset to stay empowered in your health, no matter what you do, what career you're in, what organization you work for, or even if you work for yourself. And so the first thing, ask your organization about implementing wellness practices into the day. There has been so much research done on the positive impact of yoga and meditation on productivity and stress relief. And so this is probably an easy sell to get your employer on board. The most important thing is to be willing and open to start the conversation. Secondly, plan, plan, plan your week in advance. For example, pack your lunches, which I get requires planning and time management, but the rewards are greatly beneficial. Further, plan and schedule on your calendar time to move, time to play, time to be creative, even if that's 5, 10, 15 minutes a day. Number three, take note of podcasts, reading materials, documentaries that you can listen to on your breaks. Maybe you can listen to them on your way to work, on your way home from work. Find health and wellness content that inspires you, that motivates you, that uplifts you, that keeps you in the mindset of health and well-being, that reprograms those neural pathways and the subconscious beliefs and starts to take you on this journey to sustainable health and well-being. Four, I frequently encourage my clients to practice meditation, breath work, and often use essential oils during their breaks to avoid crashing in the afternoon and reaching for unhealthy snacks. And so adding this practice to your day will give you more energy so that you're not completely exhausted, so that you get this reset, so you're regulating your nervous system. And again, there's no shame or guilt around what you're choosing to eat during work, before work, after work. But as you start to step into this belief and cultivate body love and self-love and self-worth and self-esteem, not only are you going to take better care of yourself, but your relationship to your career is going to change as well. And so you may find yourself during the day noticing, oh, wow, I feel stressed. I just got this email. And you might take a few minutes and do some deep breathing and come back. Or during a meeting, as you start to unravel these beliefs, you might feel yourself being more confident to stand empowered to speak. Or you might notice after work, 
you're excited and inspired to go home and cook a meal because you had more clarity and focus and energy throughout the day. Every little piece of this big puzzle of health and well-being matters. And so again, it's about starting with the small steps. It's starting with getting organized, looking at your desk and maybe decorating it and creating this inspiring space to work in. Maybe it's about bringing some plants into your office. Maybe it's about bringing a diffuser and essential oils. Maybe it's about putting up some affirmations or some calming pictures that remind you of the feelings you want to cultivate and maintain throughout the day. And then further, which is probably the most important, is that if you're not in alignment with your job right now, it's important to start creating the energy or the vibration of what you love outside your job. And so discover what that is. What can you pursue outside of work that will cultivate these feelings of inspiration and joy, creativity, play, movement, the very things we felt as a child growing up that we didn't have to think about. They were just so natural and came to us. And so before you decide to leave your job or change your career, try these tips first. It is important to work on your health before You make big shifts in your life because I've met individuals who've decided to up and quit their jobs and focus on their health only to face the stressful reality of needing to and being unable to pay the bills. And then this creates even more stress and feelings of resentment, anger, and shame. Further, I've met people who think the answer to a healthy relationship with food in their body is finding a different job. And so they move from job to job and keep having the same issues, the same health concerns, the same lack of creativity and inspiration, play, movement, joy. And so there's this blame game that happens. And the blame gets transferred from boss to boss, project to project, career to career. And so until we do the internal work, until we truly tap and are inspired to shift what's showing up Internally, our mind goes with us from career to career, project to project, boss to boss. If we have a wounding pattern around work, 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 I can never get anything done. The demands are so high on me. I can't keep up. If this is our belief system, the belief system goes with us. And so it's important, again, to recognize what you are saying, what you are speaking, what are you sharing with your friends and your family all day long. And notice how these beliefs can begin to shift so that you can carry in new beliefs into the new project, into the career that you so deeply desire. And I have so much compassion that we're always going to have responsibility. Our minds will always tell us that there is something more important to do. Our minds will always give us excuses. Our minds will keep recreating the same patterns And so that is why I teach over and over to disconnect from the mind, to connect with the heart, to connect with our truth. We have to connect to the part of ourselves that will take ownership of our health. And so to summarize, most often your standard operating mindset will continue to move with you from job to job until you fundamentally change how you relate to your work, how you treat your body, and how you manage your stress. I've had clients who stay in unhealthy careers and continue to sabotage their health because they don't want to confront their relationship with their body or even deeper issues. But as soon 
as they quiet their minds, as soon as they disconnect and go inward through meditation, mindfulness, breath work, they start to recognize the stories that they are unconsciously operating from. And so I've always reminded individuals of when they burn out, when they get sick, when their health becomes compromised. That is the body's way of speaking to them and saying enough is enough. And so again, instead of getting sick, instead of burnout, instead of getting to this place where the health is compromised, why not look at these aspects of our relationship with our career now? And so further, again, I want to emphasize, I understand that there are economic and political disadvantages, as well as lack of access to resources that cause so many to be challenged. And I am very, very passionate about this topic because there is an unfair advantage specifically in the United States, which is something that 100% needs to shift. And so for this podcast and for my work on this planet, my ultimate goal is to rethink the way that we empower ourselves to create health and well-being, most specifically in our lives and the way that we relate to our health and our careers. All right, so the last point that I want to make about careers and a mindset shift that I ask you to consider if this is showing up for you is to look at where the overachievement programming comes from. And so because more and more opportunities often come forward, we feel obligated to do more. And because we see shows such as Cribs And we see shows where we see celebrities having all these things. And we are told that more things make us happier. We feel this deep obligation to do more, have more, be more. And so it's important that we come back to balance within ourselves and recognize what's true for us. And so there's so many women in my practice that come to me at the end of the rope with very physical symptoms that are manifestations of this mindset, like adrenal fatigue, weight gain, anxiousness, acne, gut issues. And so often this is rooted in beliefs that intentionally are really great. I am strong, I'm independent, I'm a fighter, I can go forever. But often these very beliefs that we're encouraged to have create subconscious barriers And we don't know or have the ability to know when to stop, stop overworking, over dieting, over exercising, and to simply honor what our body is telling us. And so we make statements like 30 more minutes of work, 30 less minutes of sleep. I'm just going to skip this one meal. I don't need something to drink. I'll be fine. I don't need to go to the bathroom. This is more important. And we think that these small actions are not a big deal. But it's all of these small deprivations that add up. And each and every one of these women now, after looking within, connecting to themselves, will tell you that the ability to be successful in any of your pursuits stands on the foundation of self-care. And I have another podcast about self-care. And so if this interests you, I recommend going and listening to that after this one is over. But what I've learned from these women and from my own case of ambition burnout is that being proactive about your health 
isn't just about taking more vitamins. And so if you desire love, connection, play, movement, the quality food and sleep that you know is taking a backseat to your work, it's important to work through the mindset and the belief that you're not building a sustainable life, let alone a sustainable career, if you're not taking care of your health first, if you're not finding balance, if you're not finding peace of mind. And so I've seen it enough times to know this particular belief of needing to do it all and be everything to all people. This belief has a direct impact on your relationship to food and your body. And I've also seen this belief fuel the diets, the binging, the detox, the cleanses, the yo-yo dieting, because it reinforces the story of needing to control instead of trusting your body and your heart which will lead you to wellness and balance. And so wherever you find yourself in this superwoman, get it all done, rah, rah, rah mode, remember that you deserve to soften and find the support that will move you into healing, that will move you into health. And you can still keep these characteristics of being a powerful, independent woman, but you also deserve to rest, play, and experience pleasure. You deserve freedom, not punishment. And the great thing is, is that I've found that we can actually reverse engineer our conditioning and our patterning around food and body image so that we can experience success in whatever we do and be healthy. And so I'm going to walk you through some steps to help you start thinking about this process and start breaking down any of the beliefs that showed up on this podcast today. And so number one, discover your why. So to say our culture is obsessed with goal setting is an understatement. We put the house and the car on the vision board first. And that's the thing most people know exactly what they want, but they leave out how they want to feel. And I think if we ask ourselves at the end of our career, at the end of searching for this goal or reaching this goal, how do I want to feel? We'd agree that the answer wouldn't be depleted, fatigued, and uninspired. I'm sure the answer is more like I want to feel alive, healthy, and able to enjoy what I've created. And I think we'd pause to think about this. I think we'd pause to create a shift where we naturally start to take into account how we feel each day and ask ourselves if this is still in alignment with our vision. And if we led With that question first, we would set ourselves up for a different level of success. And so this first step is about getting clear on your why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you want to have your health and have a successful career? How do you want to feel at the end of it and why? And so clearly identifying why having a healthy relationship with your body and having a fulfilling career are important to you versus the stories that you've been told will set you up for success. Your why is also rooted in the things that deeply matter to you. This could be your kids, your future grandchildren, different aspects of your lifestyle, things that you enjoy doing for your physical, emotional, and mental well-being. It could be your hobbies, what you envision your future life to look like. And so by connecting to your why, discovering your why, 
you'll be able to stay motivated to cultivate this healthy relationship as you pursue your dreams. And so when you're in that interview, you'll remember your why and you'll recognize, is this job a fit for me? And instead of having them interview you, you can interview them to determine if this job is in alignment emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. And so the second step, which we started to touch on today, is to break free from your old stories. So by staying aware of how everyone else behaves and recognizing, just as my coach says, you have this unique opportunity to break the norms, the cultural conditioning, the patterns that have been projected on you. And so start to notice, have you been told that you have to work hard all the time, that work shouldn't feel joyous and pleasurable, that you have to sacrifice your values and your health to get where you want to go. These stories are projected on us. And yes, they might be the normal way of living according to our culture, but I will tell you that it is not normal as a human to wake up every day dragging your feet to work. It's not normal to have multiple cups of coffee to get through your day. It's not normal to get sick all the time. It's not normal to have migraines and headaches. And so maybe it's time to think about this, to think about how you can integrate and recommend yoga classes for team building. Maybe it's time to talk to your boss about creating a meditation program that's implemented throughout the day. Maybe it's time to shift into greater self-confidence awareness so that you can have these powerful conversations with your friends, family members, colleagues teammates. And so consider what it would look like if you have a career that is inspiring, creative, and creates positive impact on your health. What would it look like to have these components together? So for example, in my business, I encourage our team to take meditation breaks, to attend yoga and spin class together regularly. And we have a fridge of fully stocked, organic, nutritious foods. And so start to look for organizations whose values align with the lifestyle you want to create. Also look for positive examples or mentors and people who aspire to create a culture where these stories are broken down and there is work-health balance. The third step is to track your habits. To foster a positive relationship with food in your body, I highly recommend using a journal to track emotional eating triggers. Before your meals, take a quick moment to write down what you're feeling or before you get a snack or reach for food. What specific thoughts and emotions are you experiencing in the moment before you start eating? This can help you identify when and why you're trying to fill an emotional need versus a physical need. And once you're able to identify the difference, you can start breaking the pattern. Further, You'll be able to start tracking your habits and you'll be able to identify whether something in your routine needs to shift or whether your work environment doesn't align with your long-term goals. And so again, recognize the emotion that's coming forward. Do you feel stressed? Do you feel anxious? Do you feel fearful? Did something happen in the day that caused you to reach for food, reach for a snack, avoid what's showing up? Write it down and begin to notice how that impacts your habits throughout the day by identifying patterns and determine what parts of your routine need to shift and hold yourself accountable for making these powerful, powerful upgrades to your life and your health. 
The fourth step is choose a pattern interruption strategy. And so I always recommend breathing breaks as pattern interruption, meditation, mindfulness techniques. And so ask yourself, how can I slow down, breathe, and take a conscious moment to recognize what choice I'm making and why I'm making it? And so I came across a statistic that said 40% of people use food to cope with anxiousness. And 42% of people watch over two hours per day of television as a way to relieve stress. And so it's not enough to simply shut out the impulse to eat or engage in whatever is showing up for you. We have to confront the pattern in the moment and the real feelings that drive the choices. And so maybe there isn't enough creative stimulation. Maybe you're overstimulated. Maybe you have so many talents that you're not using that could benefit the company you work for. Maybe you're a people person and you don't get a lot of human interaction. So identify where the breakdown is happening in the moment by pattern interruption. Notice how breathing, meditation, mindfulness can interrupt what's showing up, can interrupt the emotion that's coming forward and the habit that you take often to avoid how you're feeling. And so as you continue to pattern interrupt, you might notice that you're more empowered to have a conversation with your boss about being more involved in certain projects or seeking out other opportunities in your workplace. Or maybe through enough breath work, you might come to recognize that you're ready to change your position or leave the field you're in altogether. And that's why this step of pattern tracking, tracking your emotions, noticing how you're feeling, noticing when you're turning to food, noticing when you're neglecting your health is so important because it allows you to pinpoint the source of your stress. And then through pattern interruption, it helps you mitigate the stress. It helps you improve your relationship to yourself. It helps you connect with your body. It helps you recognize your triggers. It helps you break free from these patterns so that you can take the next step. And so I recommend hiring a coach or another practitioner for additional support and trust that this additional work will completely transform your relationship to your well-being while also positively impacting your career. And so as an entrepreneur, I can attest to thinking that someday I could buy my health back. And I see so many other people take this attitude but there are consequences and repercussions to this belief because at a certain point we can't. And so it is my dream for all women to create the lifestyle and life that they truly desire, one where they can honor their bodies and be more successful because of it. And so I hope that you found these tips helpful and I want to continue the conversation. I want to continue to inspire you and celebrate you and share your message. And so if you're feeling yourself stuck, I encourage you to journal on many of the questions that we talked about today. Ask yourself, does my career feed my soul, light me up, give me purpose, and how is my health being impacted? And if not, what does my ideal career look like? And what is one step that I can take towards this greater vision? And so if you're in a career that you love, but you're having trouble keeping up with your health, write down one thing based on what I shared today that you can implement to shift into alignment with your health and your well-being. 
And if you feel inspired, please share it with me. You can always find me on the gram at Sarah Ann Stewart. It was such an honor and a pleasure, and I am so grateful that I got to share this space with you. If you found this episode helpful and inspiring and uplifting, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with just one other person that needs to hear it. And further, again, this is not about creating shame or guilt around where you currently are. It's about inspiring you to take that next step. And so until next time, I'm sending you a massive virtual hug and so much love as you take on this journey to creating a happier, healthier you for yourself, your family, humanity, the planet. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so thankful and I'm sending you so much love. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you, but hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.